All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Haley. Okay, a few more announcements. Uh, we have, do we have any more of these left? Do we know? Okay, so we, we gave out, uh, I got 90 cases of dough, frozen dough at the food bank yesterday. And we have like a ton left and it's going to go bad. So if you, get, if you came to church today, you get a free gift of frozen dough. So grab one of these on your way out. You know, it's just, we got to get rid of them. So enjoy. Uh, also, the, the robot was wrong. So the, the Holy Ghost movie is tonight. It's not the 18th. It is tonight. And uh, this just in, uh, I, uh, the, the main, one of the main characters in characters, I'm not sure if I should call him a character, but one of the main guys in the documentary, he's a, he's a friend of ours, Jake Hamilton. Uh, I've been trying to get him to come to this and uh, it, this was like a world tour, so they went all around the world, and they they doing it at much bigger venues than our church. Uh, but he texted me like Friday at midnight and say, "Hey, what time is your thing?" So he's coming. So he'll be here. I know. Uh, so it, you just don't want to miss it. So it's going to be an incredible time. So he's got you know majority of his band's going to come too, and they just want to come out and hang out with you guys. So uh, I just want to encourage you: don't miss tonight at six o'clock and. Uh, we'll have some, we have some students from Life Pacific that are going to be volunteering and helping out too, so it's going to be a great time. So looking forward to it. All right, you guys ready to go? All right, see ya. No, no I'm just kidding. All right, let's pray. God, God, right now, I pray that you just uh, give us grace and have the ability to express grace to each other and to ourselves. God, I pray that you will draw us closer to who you are and your presence. And uh, God, just... Grow us, God. We want to be spiritually mature. God, we want our lives to be better than what they are. And so we're, we're here, and we're expecting to hear from you today. In your name, amen. All right, so how many people missed last? Well, okay, if you missed last week, uh, I, got a, I got a short little video that's going to sum it all up. Last week's message was on peace. And if we could show Zeke's video, that would be great.
Wasn't that great? Good job, Ward boys. All right, so last week's Fruit of the Spirit was, was peace. And what you just saw, the things that rob you of your peace are going to be the world, the world system, the money, the, you got to look this way, you got to act this way, you got to live life a certain way and get all the toys you can before you die. That's what the world will say. And then, of course, our flesh. So you know what? You're, you are your worst enemy. Your heart is not your friend. And so you will rob yourself of God's peace if you're not careful. So you have to, you have to be able to manage your flesh. And then the last one, of course, is, is the devil himself. You make peace with God. You know, you sign that peace treaty with God, then you've already got a big, giant enemy. And the enemy of God is, you know what? He's, got, he's out to make your life miserable. He can't, he can't take your soul. He can't drag you to hell. But he can make you a miserable, depressed uh, unempowered Christian, and that's his strategy once, once, you, uh, once you become a believer. And so these are the things. We've got to be able to secure our peace. Now, one of the interesting things that the world has done, uh, you know, if, if we are now, our enemy is the world, uh, what is very unique about Southern California culture? You want to take a stab at it? We're laid back? I don't know about that. We're fast-paced, I think. How, how fast would you speed on the way to church today? <laughs> I mean, um, we are laid back. We do like to enjoy ourselves and have fun. But also, just think about the fast-paced lifestyle. They call Southern California the fast food culture, right? Because we cannot wait. We cannot, uh, we have to have it and we have to have it now. Think about technology. You know, we have to have the fastest computer and we will impatiently wait in line all night long to get the new iPhone so we have it the very next day. We can't wait. We are impatient. We're, it, actually, our culture values impatience. Do you, do you guys agree with that? Do you guys walk up escalators? Do you power walk through the mall? You know, see, our culture values you know, this, this fast-paced lifestyle. Now, in contrast, ancient cultures did not. Uh, impatient people in ancient cultures, they were, they were, um, uh, they were, they missed opportunities, they, they made bad decisions, they were shallow, they didn't think things through. So in the ancient world, patience was a value, it was a virtue, but it's just not in ours. Now, I have been, I have been in formal ministry for 14 years, and I cannot even think of the last time, or if ever, I did a message entirely on patience. But as we're going to see today, patience is a big deal. And this, this kind of really got highlighted to me just this week. I spent a good 45 minutes studying the scripture that we're going to read and, and just kind of beginning to build my points. And then uh, after I studied, I went over to my mom and dad's house to have dinner, and, and they weren't there. So I beat them there. And I was impatient. And it was, you know, it was dust. The sun was setting. They have a beautiful porch. You know, I could have just, just hung out there. But that wasn't good enough for me. I, I literally was, was trying to derail the, the, the sliding glass door, trying to take it off the rail so I could get into the house. And that didn't work. So I went around back, and I, was, I got my keys, and I was prying the, the screen off the window, and I was going to pry open the window so I could get inside the house. And it was at that point when I was, when I was yanking the screen off because I was so impatient that I had to be in the house, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, you've got a problem. 
you've got a big problem. And if you, if you know me, if you hung around me, you know that I'm an easygoing guy, right? I'm kind of, you know, I don't get my cage rattled that often. And so for me to struggle with impatience, that means that you guys are really screwed up. And so we just need to address this head on, or because it's, it's, it is a big deal. And I want to show you why, why it's a big deal. All right, so James, if you want to get your Bibles out, we're going to take a look at the book of James. And James was the brother of Jesus. James, he was the biological brother of Jesus. And Jesus was God in the flesh, so I don't know how that works. I don't know if he was a half-brother or, again, I don't know how that works. So we'll let some theologian biologist figure that one out. But, uh, but it, it is a huge testimony to the gospel of Jesus Christ because James believed that his brother was God in the flesh. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I mean, I have, I have a sibling, and... I don't think I would ever consider her God. I mean, so do you see how big of a deal that is? And not only that, James um, was the leader of the church of Israel after Jesus left, after, after Jesus left the planet, the, the, the church in Jerusalem, actually. So he was the leader. And could you imagine trying to fill Jesus' shoes, right? Well, James, I know that Jesus is your brother, but he would have done it this way. And so, and then, I mean, dealing with people in Jerusalem. So James has an incredible amount of patience with circumstances and with people, and this is how he does it. So let's take a look. James chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and has seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. All right, so what, the, what James is saying and, and what Paul says and what Jesus says, the way that he lived his life, patience is a big deal. And you might just think, oh, it's just a character trait, right? It's not that big of a deal. It's like I don't really need to worry about patience in my life because I'm too busy trying to Fix my kleptomaniac problem, right? I steal too much. You might be beating yourself up about that. Or I might, you know what? Patience, I don't need to focus on that. Again, it's a character trait. It's not that big of a deal. My problem is I stare too long in the gym. But God, what James is saying, no, patience, it's more than just a character trait. You will be judged on your patience. The judge is standing at the door. He's saying this is a big deal. It is spiritual fruit. So what we're going to be looking at today is why it's such a big deal and how do we actually increase our ability to be patient with each other and patient in circumstances. All right. So on your little outline on your bulletins, uh, patience is basically boils down to two things. Um, and if you, if you paid attention to the scripture, we must be patient with people. 
That, that's always difficult, right? How many, you just, oh, be patient with people. All right, what does he say? In verse, uh, verse nine, he says, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Okay, so what, I want to look at the word grumble. What, what does that mean? Uh, patience initially is, to define patience, patience is, its opposite is anger, rage. It's okay to be angry, but once your anger moves into rage, you, you have fallen into some really dangerous territory. And, and so anger is the, is the opposite, or rage is the opposite of, of, of patience, right? And as every gift of God, as every fruit of the Spirit, they all have their counterfeit. So the counterfeit of, of patience is, uh, is kind of a, a fakeness, meaning that uh, I am going to just put up with you but I really don't care for you. I'm going to pretend that I care for you, that I put up with you, or that I manage you, and it's, it, and it's cynicism. Okay, do you remember my little jab that I did to you guys at the beginning where I said you guys really must be screwed up? Okay, that was intentional. Okay, it wasn't just for comic relief. See, that for, for somebody to say, well, you really must be screwed up, but I am more patient than you, and I will put up with you, and I will be your leader. See, that is an example of a false and a fake patience. It's the counterfeit. It is, it's, it's, it's sarcasm, it's cynicism, and it is saying, I'm just going to put up with you. But what it really says is, um, I am hardening my heart towards you. Now, in order to um, be patient with people, it, the way that it is described in, in, the, in the original text, it says that you must be long-suffering. So patience is described as long-suffering, meaning that um, it, is, it is people will annoy you, people will let you down, they will frustrate you. Hmm? We all know this to be true. But the point where your heart hardens, basically when you give up on people, well, that is the point when you start to grumble. See, this, this grumble is actually, it's, it's kind of a dangerous territory. Now, when, well, growing up uh, in elementary school and in junior high, I got myself into a, a fair amount of fights, like, you know, schoolyard brawls, right? I don't know how that happened, but they just did. And so I had, I got myself, and, 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 and guys do this, right? Well, I don't know if they do it anymore, but when I was growing up, when, when, when guys had problems, they fought it out in the, in, the, in the playground, right? And then, of course, it's bad behavior. You, you end up in Miss Carvassel's office, and she tells you that violence is bad, and there's other ways to resolve your problems. Absolutely true, right? Um, but when, when, when guys express their anger physically, what happens like the next day? They're buddies again, right? For those of you that have brothers, you know this to be true. Brothers will, will go in the backyard and they'll beat each other up and then, and then 15 minutes later they're playing video games. So like nothing ever happened, right? And so there is this, um, uh, and again, anger expressed in violence is not healthy. But you know what's worse? It's grumbling. Because grumbling says, I, I give up on you and I choose not to um, 
vent my anger or to show you what's really going on in my heart. I'm closing my heart off and uh, I choose not to root you on anymore. Do you guys catch that? In my heart of hearts, I have lost patience and I'm not wishing for your well-being anymore. Uh, Sophia, my seven-year-old daughter, she's into this new cartoon. It's called Gravity Falls. And it's, um, it's a cartoon. It's, about, it's, about the, it's kind of like a mix between the X-Files and Scooby-Doo. These kids go on adventures and solve mysteries and things like that. And one of them is a little, um, he's a little uh, hipster kid. So he's got a puffy vest and a, and a lumberjack hat, and he's a kind of a cool, nerdy little kid. And, uh, and then he's in love with this lumberjack girl. You can't make this stuff up. So he's in love with this lumberjack girl, and, but there's another guy that's in love with her too, and it's the emo kid, right? And, and so they get, in a, they get into a fight, and um, they, they're, they're physically fighting for the affections of a girl, and when she finds out, she gets mad. And she says, if you guys are going to fight, I'm not going to hang out with either one of you because I hate violence. And they're like, oh, well, looks like we can't fight because so, we'll both lose her if we fight. So what are we going to do? And so, you know, Skipper, the, uh, the, the hipster kid says, well, we'll just do what girls do and we'll just hit each other on the inside. Now, Hating somebody on the inside and grumbling is actually more dangerous to a community than actual, well, I don't know about physical violence, but it's dangerous because it is underneath the surface and you can't see it. But initially, it's more dangerous. So we have to say, this is a condition of the heart. How do you, how do you wish somebody well? It is a condition of the heart. Your heart has to be softened towards other people. And the word that is used to describe this patience with people is long-suffering. It's the way that it comes across in the Greek. Long-suffering, meaning that you are in it with these people for the long haul. No matter how much they annoy you, you have a love, an unconditional love. No matter how many times they let you down, You've drawn boundaries. You say, you can't do this with me. You can't act this way with me. But you are still, you are long-suffering. You are going to go the extra mile with these individuals. So that is, that's, that's the definition. Now, the other, the other uh, area, the other, other major area in life where we must be patient is inside of circumstances. So, so James talks about those, you know, you don't grumble towards one another. Try to be nice to each other. But then he says something else. He says, um, as you know, we count it as blessed, those that have persevered. Okay, blessed is extremely weak in, the, in the, how it's translated in the NIV. This is happy. Okay, this is the problem with the Beatitudes. You guys know what the Beatitudes is? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you know, the, the brokenhearted, they'll be comforted. It's, it's, it's a really weak translation because the actual translation is happy. Hmm? It's actually a joyous happy. So when we talked about joy, that's what it ought to be. So joyful, extraordinarily happy are the peacemakers. And what James is saying here, those that persevere, see, blessed is so blah. Those that persevere, the true definition is that they will be full of joy. So a lot of us are going through very difficult times, difficult circumstances. And he says, as you saw in Job, 
You guys know who Job is? There's a book called Job. It's the happy, feel-good book of the Bible. Hmm? It's a tough read, folks. Pop a Prozac before you read that one. It's tough. But what, what it was being communicated is, it is the perseverance that Job illustrated that brings about this joy, this happiness. Blessed is just, some Bible nerd wrote blessed down. Because, I don't know, he just had it, you know, had to make it serious or something. But it is this joy. Okay, so Job, unlike people that grumble, that deal with people, Job's problem, what brought him frustration, what really tested his ability to be patient was tied up in his circumstances. If you know the book, Job lost his family. He lost all of his kids in one shot with the exception of his wife. He wished the wife would have gone because the wife was, was not nice to him at all. She nagged him. And she actually encouraged Job to be impatient. She says, you just need to get this over with. Curse God and die. Hmm? Hurry up, Job. Get this over with. You're just suffering and let's just, there's nothing to learn. Curse God. Die. Let's get it over with. So he's stuck with his wife. But see, his, his impatience, the situation is not with his wife. It's with his circumstances. So he loses all of his, he loses all of his family. And then he loses all of his money. He was the rich dude in the town. And then in one day, it's gone. Everything is gone. He loses all of his money. And to make matters worse, he loses his health. So his problem, the thing that brought frustration was his circumstances. And, you know, the lesson today, okay, how, do I, how do I have patience in my circumstances? It's difficult. Now, when you move your life into certain categories and circumstances, whether you're moving your life into a relationship or you're moving your life into a career or you're moving your life into rearing kids or whatever you're doing, okay, this is what you got to do. This is so important. You have to say, God, is this your will for my life? We, we make this mistake all the time. We don't bother to ask if God wants us to actually do this. And to see, the trap is, it could be a great idea. Hmm? This is the problem I have. Because I can, I, I can come up with a lot of really great ideas. And they, they all do good, right? They're good ministry ideas. But what I have learned is, I don't need to be doing things that God has not asked me to do, no matter how good or how noble they may be. Because any circumstance that you move yourself into, you are going to feel frustration. You are going to, it's going to be hard. And if, if it was not God's will, not only is it hard, but you're going to, it's going to be so difficult to get out of it. And it's going to hinder your growth spiritually. It's going to hinder your ability to connect with God. Now, the things that God, okay, you know, you know, you know, you know that God has called you to a specific thing. Like it is clear as day. Like you got an audible voice in your head from God. You know this is what God wants you to do. Guess what? It's still going to be difficult. It still requires patience. You have to persevere through the situation. And the Greek word that's used 
to have patience in circumstances is different than the word that they use for people. The word that they use for people is long-suffering. The word that they use for circumstances is steadfast. Meaning that if God has called you to do a specific thing, you have to stand your ground. You have to be steadfast and patient. And it, it, the word is a military word, meaning that if God's called you to do a specific thing, you need to sink your feet into the ground, you need to stand strong, and make sure that, that you don't lose the territory. Because if you do, in a circumstance, if you lose territory, that might be the only thing that's keeping the kingdom of God advancing. Meaning that God has called you to do it, not somebody else, but he's called you to do it. And if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. If you don't do it, the kingdom of God might not advance. If you don't, if you don't do it, there could be loss in a community or loss in a family or loss in somebody's you know, enrichment. I do strongly believe that every individual will be held accountable to God, meaning that God calls everybody individually. You know, sometimes I get to participate in God calling on people. But, you know, circumstances, standing firm and standing strong, that is, that is so important. That is why patience is such a big deal to James. That's why we'll be judged. Because if God puts you into a circumstance, in a situation, and he wants you to take a hill, if he wants you to advance the kingdom, and if you lose your patience, if you give up, what does James say? He says, we'll be judged for it. That's tough stuff, right? That's like, wow, I didn't realize patience was that big of a deal. But it is. All right, so um, how do you actually increase in patience? I mean, we struggle with this, right? How do we literally increase our ability to be patient with others and our ability to be patient in circumstances? Okay, a few things. Actually, there's, there's seven of them, and got, I got a list on your bulletin. Now, this isn't gonna be necessarily um, part of the message, but this is gonna be your cheat sheet for the week. How many people are gonna deal with difficult people this week? How many people are going to deal with frustrating situations this week? Okay, so how do, this, this will help. So I want you to take this cheat sheet. You can memorize the verses. You can get it into your head. But this will help you expand your ability to have more patience with people in your life. All right. First one is you have to resolve to manage your patience. In advance, I mean, again, I studied, I studied patience for 45 minutes. I, got a, I had an intellectual understanding of the material. And then I immediately lost patience. You see how I had it in my head, but it didn't get to my heart. It's like I didn't go into the situation knowing, okay, I have to resolve to be patient in every situation. I have to resolve to say, okay, I, I know that if, I, if I'm in traffic, I'm gonna lose my patience. I know this is gonna happen to me in advance. So right here, 
right now, I'm going to come up with a strategy, and I'm going to resolve it. I'm going to, before it happens, I'm going to pay attention to it. And in Proverbs 16:32, it is better to be slow-tempered than famous. It is better to have self-control than to control an army. So you have to go in your mind, okay, what is, what is more important? What is my priority? Next thing you got to do is you got to count the cost. Count the cost of your impatience. You're, if you get angry, if you, if, you, if you lose your temper, you've got to count your costs. What if, okay, so when you lose your patience and when you become angry, when it moves into rage, you, you lose your ability to think straightly. So I, I went to my parents' house and I was frustrated, right? I'm shaking the, the sliding glass door and I'm losing my temper. okay. I'm prying open the window to get in. Was I thinking about their neighbors? Was I counting the costs of my impatience? What would have happened if, they, if, my, if the neighbors would have called the police on me? I didn't think about that, did I? And when we, look, when you go to work and you have a grudge and you, have, you are justified, and you're going to go in, and you're going to blow everybody up, and you're going to say, you guys have done me wrong, and I deserve my rights, and you did this, and you did this. Okay, you need to count the costs in your mind. Yes, you might get your pound of flesh. Yes, you might feel vindicated and justified on the inside, but what did it accomplish? Did it glorify God, or did it... Or did it uh, make your flesh feel good? Hmm? Did it advance your career? Did you count that cost? Okay, if I lose my temper in this situation, uh, will I get promoted in six months? Or are they going to remember the time when I lost control in the office? And they count these costs. And we don't. It's like when we lose our temper, we, we lose track of what, what's really going on. Okay. Anger is actually not a sin, right? Do you know that? And patience is, basically means that you are slow to anger in any situation. Let's say that you have been wronged. Are you slow to anger? That's tough, isn't it? But see, maybe your anger is justified. God's anger towards sin is 100% justified. Yet he is slow to anger and rich in mercies. He knows how to be patient. So anger maybe need to be it might need to be expressed. Now, getting in a physical altercation is a bad expression of anger, right? That's anger rage. But if you're slow to anger, say, okay, now I, let me think about this. Let me process this. The Lord teach me how to speak the truth in love. Let me get out of this situation in the right way. Um, but I'm going to address this anger, right? I'm going to get it out in a healthy way. Hmm? You know what is dangerous? is that when you internalize your anger, when you choose 
not to address it at all when you choose to let it fester inside of your heart. Because what you're doing is you're saying, um, I don't want to deal with it. I'm cutting myself off. I choose not, I choose to detach and become more angry, more bitter. I'm going to harbor the bitterness. So uh, not expressing your anger is, can be just as dangerous. And Jesus, you know what? Jesus expressed anger. He'd tipping over tables when they were you know, running a Ponzi scheme in church. He was completely justified in doing that. Okay, so number four, you have to express your anger appropriately. He says, if you become angry... Do not uh, let your anger lead you to sin. Can you do that? Can you not let your anger lead you to sin? A uh, fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Wow, oh, that's tough, huh? Okay, number five, you have to rewire your mind. Rewire my mind with patience. Uh, this, again, this is the Romans 12 verse that, that we will hit all the time. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So peace might be, you might need peace and patience in your mind, and you have to reprogram the way you think. You, transformation begins in the heart. It begins in your spirit, and your spirit quickens your mind. And what is your mind? Your mind is your flesh. So your spirit is telling you to rework your mind, and transformation happens in the mind. Okay, our minds are scary things. Our minds will take negative situations, negative circumstances, negative people, and we run them through our mind over and over and over and over again. And we say things like, I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. I work hard. I have a moral standard. These people have treated me bad. I ought to be further along. I don't know why my life is such a failure. And we do these things over and over and over again in our mind. And you know what we're doing? It's like a, you're, you're, you're thinking about yourself too much. The problem is, is you're, you're focused on yourself way too much. And if, you, if you're constantly talking about yourself in your head, guess who you can't hear? You can't hear God. And so literally, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we can just take a look at the other uh, lessons on that that we did. Okay, and then number six, uh, relate to people who are patient. This might be tough. But if you are hanging around impatient people, like if you go to sporting events all the time, <laughs> you are going to be inundated with impatient people. Unfortunately, if you have to work in LA, you're going to be, in, in, you know, you're going to be around impatient people trying to get to work all the time. And a lot of it's just unavoidable. But what you have to do is you need to find somebody in your life that has this spiritual fruit of patience. And you need to hang around them. Because once you hang around people that, that are displaying spiritual fruit, it, it's like osmosis. It gets on you. Hmm? You become more joyful when you hang around joyful people. You become more patient when you hang around patient people. And so you have to, again, you have to, in advance, in your mind, come up with a strategy. Okay, I, I, I can't hang around Uncle Bob because he's going to lose his temper. I need to hang around... 
Well, I don't know. I won't call anybody out. But you just see what I'm saying. Who in your life has, has patience and joy? Hang around with them. So you have to choose in advance who you're going to hang around with. And Proverbs 22, 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Angry people will ensnare you, and you will become like them, and you will act like them. And then lastly, rely on Christ's help. Okay. You can't do patience on your own. Now, I know these, this is the list. You know, you can, bend, you can re, you know, begin to retrain your mind. But patience, like every other single spiritual fruit, is a gift. It's a gift from God. You can't do it on your own. You have to receive the gift and the fruit of patience. Romans 15. May God, who gives patience, God gives it. May God, who gives patience, steadiness, and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other, with the attitude of Christ towards others. So God gives us this gift and we need to receive it. This is going to be my, this might be a little bit difficult, a little bit of abstract, but if you are lacking in, in patience, if you are lacking in the, if you're, if you're not loving well, if you're not expressing joy well, turn to the cross. Ultimately, if you're saying to yourself over and over and over again in your mind, this isn't fair, God. When you say things like that, when you are completely obsessed about yourself in your mind, what you're really saying is, I don't trust God. I trust myself more than I trust God. That's a tough one, isn't it? When you're faced with difficult circumstances, do you trust God to get you through it? Or do you say, you know what? I don't trust God to get me through it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through it on my own. Because I should not be in this situation. I don't deserve this. Job didn't deserve it either. Hmm? Job didn't deserve his circumstances. Yet he was, he was thrust into that situation. He, didn't, he actually didn't do, I mean, he did a great job. But he did a lot of whining. He did a lot of complaining. He did a lot of whining to God. But he came through it, and he received that joy. When you're frustrated with circumstances, when you're like, I don't want to stand firm right now, think about the cross. Jesus, Jesus did not deserve the life that he was given. He was pure perfection, absolute glory incarnate. There was nothing about him that was impure, or he didn't have an impure thought in his head. Yet, he grew up poor. He didn't deserve to be poor. He deserved to be a king. He deserved to be the richest man on the planet. He deserved to be worshipped, not only at the nativity, but his entire life. He was falsely accused. He was unjustly sentenced. He was beaten. He was tortured. And he was hung on a cross. It was not fair. He did not deserve it. He, does, he had a perfect life. 
He deserved perfect circumstances. But see, he did this all for you because God has patience. He has so much patience for all the things that he's done. He sent his son to experience that. Hanging like a piece of meat on a hook. And so whenever you don't feel like long-suffering with your, with your neighbors and your friends, long-suffer because Jesus suffered long for us. Whenever you feel like, you know what, this, this situation that I'm in, this fight, it's too hard, I'm done, I'm out, I don't want to stand this ground anymore, you think about the steadfastness of Christ. He stayed. He, he held that ground on Calvary. If he had given way to that ground, it would have been our very salvations in the balance. But he stayed. So if he could stay for all humanity, be steadfast, like hold your ground, be patient in those circumstances for him. Be patient for Jesus. He's called you to it, and you know this, so don't give up. All right, I'm all done. If I could get the band and the ushers come on up to the front. Unfortunately, the best environment to increase in patience is a difficult environment. That is where, that's where you're ultimately going to learn patience, is when you're in an environment that is hard, where you have to persevere, where you must get through it. But you know what the good news is? There's joy on the other side of it. I don't want you guys to miss out on your joy. When you're in a tough situation, just persevere. Don't miss out on your ability to be extremely happy when you get to the other side of it. It's there for you. It really is. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your gift of patience, God. And I just pray that we receive patience, God. God, forgive us for losing our tempers with people. God, I pray that you will just forgive us for giving up on people and not rooting for them anymore. I pray that you will come in and you will soften our hearts to the incredible things and the incredible promises that you have, that your spirit will just quicken us and that it will, it will guide our mind, that we will be transformed the way that we think and that it, the way that we act. Right now, I just pray that in every circumstance, we can give you praise, where we can trust you, where we can truly trust you, and we can say, oh, not again, God, but instead we'll say, okay, not my will, but your wills be done. God, you know what you're doing in this situation. You can get me through it. And I pray that that will be the attitude of our hearts, and that we will be patient, patient, patient. Bless this offering, God. I pray that it will just... Bless this church so that this church can continue to stand strong and that it can advance the kingdom here and throughout the world. Throughout the world, God, we want the nations. We love you, Lord. Amen.